Welcome to the GC Podcast, a podcast to help you develop into the healthiest ministry leader you can be by sharing practical ministry experience. Here are your hosts, Kara Garrity and Carissa Panuve. Welcome all to today's episode of GC Podcast. I'm here once again with my co-host, Carissa Panuve. Welcome, Carissa. It's good to have you here with us today. Hi, everyone. It's great to be back joining in on another episode. Super excited. Yes, and one of the most special things to me about this season is the emphasis on on Jesus being with us, his solidarity with humanity, Emmanuel, um, God with us. And and so I'm wondering, Carissa, what about this season of Advent is is really meaningful to you? Yes, amen to that. Um, I love the Advent season. And the fact that I somehow managed to find five or 10 kilos during this season, I think is pretty special. (laughs) But um, (laughs) other than that, the fellowship and the togetherness that this time brings, not only for the churches, but within our families, I think is a very special time. And to remember this season and reflect on our Savior when he first came into the world and in the flesh and what that led to and sharing that with one another, I think is a beautiful thing to always look forward to about this season. Mm, yeah, that relationship and fellowship. Oh, that's a wonderful thing. Thank you, Carissa, for sharing that. And in today's episode, speaking of, of relationships and fellowship, we're going to hear from Barbara and Terry, who are the Love Avenue champion and pastor at GC South Kansas City, USA, about their journey in the Love Avenue. And, and so, you know, before we get into that interview, I'm wondering what has been a formative moment of your own journey in the Love Avenue ministry of, of mission and witness? Ooh, um, well, personally, I enjoy doing things hands-on. So I enjoy Mm. working with the youth leaders back home, when I am home, that is, and helping with the outreach in the community. Um, For me, prior to the introduction of this team-based pasta-led and the different avenues that it broke down into, um, particularly Love Avenue Ministry, outreach was not something that was as commonly practiced with the youth as it is now. Mm. Um, So getting started on that and working towards sharing the love beyond the church walls was such an experience and a blessing. And it really did open our eyes to the fact that you could only, that you could witness and share the love of Christ in practically anything. We would do things for sports days that were open to all or cleaning up yards for different people just to share our time and love with those around us and reflect Jesus in what we do. Amen. And one of the things that really strikes me about about your experience is the inclusion of of youth in the ministry of the Love Avenue. I really love to hear that. So that's that's excellent. And I praise God for that part of your own journey in his ministry. Why don't we go ahead and hear what God is doing in GC South Kansas City, USA? Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode of GC Podcast. This podcast is devoted to exploring best ministry practices in the context of Grace Communion International Churches. I'm your host, Karen Garrity, and today I am so blessed to interview Terry McDonald and Barbara Leatherman. Terry is pastor of Grace Communion South Kansas City, and Barbara is the Love Avenue champion there. Barbara and Terry, thank you so much for joining the pod with us today. It's so good to have you. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Yes. 
Of course, it's my pleasure. And today I'm really excited because you'll be sharing a little bit about your journey in the love avenue as a testimony or, you know, a real life storytelling of what it looks like when we put all of what we've been learning about the ministry of the love avenue kind of put flesh to it and so i i would love if you could just start us off barbara with telling us a little bit about the outside the walls event that you all just had this summer well we had um we had a neighborhood block party um we had it uh on june the 25th it was one of the hottest days of the summer so far. <laughs> and so uh, we uh, we enjoyed it very much, but we worked really hard and we were really tired. <laughs> but it was a great event. Um, we we met at, um, at a local high school at their ball field. So it was very visible to everybody around. Um, we had about 23 families uh, join us for that, and we had a really good time. We um, we had we had a DJ that uh, played music and kind of kept us going, and we had uh, about 15 or so games for the people that came to play. Uh, we had uh, we had prizes and and treats, and uh, we had a face painting table and some bouncy houses for the children. Uh, We had some uh, food trucks come in, which was really wonderful. Um, So that's kind of an, an overview of what we did. Yeah, it was it was a really uh, fun event. Like Barbara said, just you know, in spite of the fact that it was really really hot, I think the heat the heat index got up to like a hundred something degrees. Uh, but you know, when we first started, the skies were kind of overcast, so it was kind of nice to be able to set things up. But we could feel the heat begin to rise, and you know, me personally, I began to have some concerns. Obviously, oh, there's a lot of heat here. Is there going to be anybody going to show up? Uh, but like she said, you know, we had a, about 23 families, uh, about 100 people all together uh, show up. And, and it was just a, a really great time to be able to uh, come together as a team and, and just be able to share the love of Christ with them. So it was a great time. Yeah, that sounds like a wonderful event. I would go to something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, what, what did you see God doing? during that gathering? Well, you know, God was working on our hearts in South Kansas City. And we saw we saw God drawing us together, the love uh, team and the congregation. He, uh, he was drawing us together, um, showing us how the process worked and helping us to uh, come together for a common goal. Um, I think he was shaping us for the things that are coming ahead for our congregation mm-hmm. and teaching us uh, to trust him because a lot of times we try to do things on our own. Um, but he was showing us how to trust him at this time. And I saw him open doors, uh, you know, in, in the very beginning, um, he opened up this high school uh, ball field to us. We didn't know what what they were going to require or anything, but 
right away they agreed to let us use it and they said because we were doing it for the community they didn't charge us anything we felt like that was a blessing from god and then they let us know after a time that um we could use their trash facilities and their dumpsters. So we didn't have to go to the city and uh, purchase those things. And that saved us about, I'd say, $700, close to that. So uh, these were just a few things that I saw as blessings. Yeah, you know, it, it was really interesting that during this entire planning process, when we first got the uh, call from uh, from our our regional pastor, Mike Rasmussen, and he was sharing with us that uh, we were being called to do an outside the walls event. And so uh, obviously when, when that came to the forefront, you know, there was a, there was this expectation in our own hearts, maybe individually. I know certainly in mine that this was supposed to be some outlandish, outs, uh, outrageous, huge, crazy looking event. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I, I learned that I need to listen to my team a little bit more, but um, I wanted, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But you know, I really saw God bringing us together to show us what He was doing in our neighborhood, and what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of times it might be misunderstood that an outside the walls event is for the neighborhood or for the community that you're serving, and while part of that is true. It's really about calling the church from inside, from outside, uh, come out of the building and uh, find the spaces and look for the spaces and see the spaces uh, where Jesus is working. And, mm. you know, we, we knew from the beginning uh, that this was going to be an all hands on deck type of thing. So, you know, it was it was almost like the first four or five months we were doing a lot of vision casting, Barbara and I, about what this was going to look like, uh, what it should be. And, you know, for the first couple of months after Mike uh, mentioned it to us, uh, we had no idea what this was going to look like. We were just all over the place trying to figure out what is what is what are we supposed to be doing? And, you know, so Barbara had the idea uh, we were doing game days in the park uh, where we just take a couple of games out to the lo a local park that's about, maybe about a mile away from where we meet. And we'd set them up and just, you know, the kids that were there on the playground or anybody else that was in the park, they'd come over and and uh, play some games with us, and they'd win prizes, and we'd be able to talk to them and, and connect with them in that way. And so Barbara said, you know, well, why don't we just expand that a little bit? And uh, when I hear the word expand, uh, I need to tone back a little bit because I get crazy with the word expand. Uh, my, my voice is that of creative connector, so the creative part of me really came out in volumes. Uh, so, but... Um, we knew that's that that's what that was going to be, but we recognized at this time that God was giving us an opportunity to to live out the theme that GCI uh, has proclaimed this year. You know, being compelled by love, uh, as well as our local fo focus of being intentional in exercising that love. So God gave us the opportunity to do that, and uh, it was a great it was a great great time. It was a great lesson for all of us about what that means. Yeah, thank you both for sharing that. And, and I love 
And and what you you just shared, Terry, that part of the idea is get outside of the walls of the church building, because when you do that, what you see is that God is doing a lot. Jesus is actually in our midst. And Barbara, from what you shared, I mean, there you guys experience that in really tangible ways that he's building relationships with within the community, uh, within your neighborhood that, that are beneficial, allowing you guys to come into a space and connect with people, opening those doors. And I think that's an incredible thing to celebrate. And so we do want to celebrate that mm-hmm. alongside you all, that that God is doing a good thing and that you all have taken the steps to be ascent people <laughs> that are going to say, mm-hmm. yeah, God, we'll walk outside the walls of the church because we know that, that you're there too. So is there anything else that that you're celebrating on on the the other side of this event that that you've hosted this summer (laughs) that's a good question Kara Um, I celebrated that the event came together and that it worked well because when we started we didn't know how this thing was going to work out and I saw I I celebrated the families that God brought Mm -hmm. and that we actually survived the heat for such a long (laughs) event (laughs) I celebrated something else you know our members um, a lot of our members and we're not a great big church but um a lot of them are in advanced ages, I'd say, you know, in the 70s, 80s. Um, and they haven't done a lot of this outside um, kind of thing. And they themselves became willing to come out and enjoy the event, even for a, a time. And I would have to say that our, our church members um have been fairly stuck in their traditional ways. So I was celebrating the fact that they were starting to get the vision and that they Mm. were willing to come out and celebrate with us. So that's some of what, what I found to celebrate. Yes. Yes. I I echo that Kara. I I echo that. Um, It was, it was really refreshing uh, to literally see people, uh, stepping outside of the walls. And when I say stepping outside of the walls, I'm not talking about stepping outside of the walls of the church building, but stepping out of the walls of their own heart, outside the uh-huh. walls of their own heart and saying, you know, maybe God is doing something. And if I stay stuck in my my, my ways of thinking or I stay stuck in my space, uh, I perhaps I'm going to be missing out on seeing a chance for him to really open me up to see uh-huh. what he's doing. You know, and, you know, there was a lot of uh, it was a very trying process putting this entire event <laughs> together. Um, and, and again, I, I, I take a, a lot of responsibility for that because of my creative voice. But um, uh, it, it was it was a trying process, you know, us trying to organize all, all these big things and and looking at the size of our team and, and you know, living in those realms of doubt. Are we doing too much? Uh, are we are we uh, not following God's direction? Are we like doing something that we want to do and putting God's name on it? Or you know that's that's a scary thing to do. But what we got to the point of discovering is that we were recognizing that we were small, but we could be mighty if we just followed God's direction and surrendered to His will. And um, mm-hmm. and another thing I discovered was through the trials and, and, and frustrations and all the misunderstandings that came throughout this, this flow, you know, Barbara keeps preaching to me about, we need to improve communication. And, and she's absolutely right. And um, 
but what I discovered is that we we started building strong relational bonds between each other through this process, and uh, and and it was really healthy and great because that's I think that really helps to to, to sell a vision when you are doing vision casting because people then begin to trust uh, the direction that you're leading and they will feel safe and secure, which is two things that hum- humans love, safe and safety and security. So, um, and then doing that and seeing it all come together at the end, you know, we all recognize, you know, we really can trust each other if we surrender to the will of God. Mm. That is absolutely worth celebrating the transformation (laughs) of people that you both witnessed, including yourselves, because as we participate in Jesus's present ministry, his mission, his the activities that he's up to or what we might call, you know, the ministries of the love Avenue, man, we're transformed because because we're participating in what he's doing in our midst. That's incredible. Uh And so I'd, I'd love to ask you, Barbara, it sounds like there was a lot going on and a lot of things that, that you all learned. What what last couple of things do, do you want to share with our listening audience that, that you learned that you will definitely carry forward with you? Well, that is interesting that you asked that. And, you know, Terry touched on uh, something about our voices. And um, I, I learned personally that um, as his voice was that of a creative connector, mine was that of a nurturer guardian. So while it was good to learn what our voices were, we came to see that they were very different. And I learned that we don't always understand what each other is saying or thinking because we don't recognize the different voices. So we tended to make assumptions about certain things and we stepped on each other's toes a little bit. Mm. Um, But we learned that our voices are not enemies and that they're all valuable and necessary, you know, to accomplish the whole purpose. And like Terry said, we have to learn to listen to each other. and and see the different perspectives and try to make decisions together and and not try to do it on our own Uh, that we learned a lot about teamwork and we learned like i think terry mentioned this we learned that um, our events don't have to be great big and huge to be effective and to love mm. our neighbors. We yeah. can scale them back and we can, you know, work on a little different uh, level. Um, and next time I think we're going to make some things more streamlined. And one thing I noticed that our, our event, because it was in a ball field, we were very spread out because it was a big area. And I think that when if we do this again or even in other events that we do that we want to bring our activities closer together um, so that we can fellowship a little better with our guests and and we also learned that we had originally planned on doing this for four hours and somehow it turned into a six-hour event Mm. (laughs) and it was it was too hot for that. Plus, really, I think we would have been able to accomplish our goal in a in a shorter 
duration, have more events for shorter periods. So I think we learned a lot about uh, handling an event and all the things that go into it. So that's that's some of the things that that I felt were important to learn. Yes, learning how to send people home, Barbara. <laughs> it's critical. But I also really appreciate what you said about the voices and teamwork because you know, GC podcast is about ministry, best ministry practices in GCI. And in GCI, we believe in team-based ministry. Mm-hmm. And so what you've talked about that that's critical across all of all of our expressions of ministry love avenue faith hope whatever the teams sub teams on the in those avenues and so thank you for bringing that insight terry is there anything that you would add key pieces of learning that you're going to bring forward with you oh yes absolutely i'm I'm glad you asked this question because it's a huge thing i may have touched on this a little bit already but um you know I've learned that with creative connectors, being a bull in a China shop only works if there's no China in the shop, okay? Uh, You're trying to run through everything and and get everybody to to follow your direction and all of that good stuff, and you've got to listen to the hearts of your team. Sometimes, and I'm not speaking for every pastor, but there are some of us out there who sometimes get in that mode where we know everything that needs to be done, and, and sometimes we'll even try to do it all ourselves, but we've got to listen to the hearts of our team. You know, I've had some experience in putting certain events together, uh, large and small, but, you know, everyone on my team did not have that same experience. And, you know, Barbara alluded to that when she's talking about our voices, and well, I, in this planning session, you know, I forgot to listen to those voices. Uh, because I was so adamant about making sure that this was uh, a success and perfect, and and I needed to listen to their hearts, and I needed to listen to their voice. And so, um, you know, casting a vision is so important to help others see from their perspective how they can participate in engaging the call that we're being called to. And if you're too busy only listening to your voice and doing what you want to do, you uh, not only are you going to uh, set up a situation where they're not going to be able to hear what the Lord is telling them, but they will also not feel included, not feel welcomed, not feel wanted into the situation. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, learning that everyone has a different voice and not only learning that they have a different voice, but recognizing that those voices, those different voices are inside of me as well. I needed to listen to those voices inside of me and praising God that as we got closer to uh, the actual event happening, that I begin to recognize that and see that, see what I was doing was actually kind of detrimental, uh, not intentionally, but detrimental to what we, what God was trying to do with us. You know, I mean, we are, we're all relational beings and I feel God created us that way so that we can discover uh, the joy of, building those symbiotic relationships with each other and with Jesus. And so, you know, I I learned that listening intently to the other truly is an act of love. And uh, going forward, you know, I communicated that with Barbara that, you know, she is she is so wise in some of the things that she uh, brings forth and how she helps me to see things in a different light that 
I recognize. I, I need to listen to my Love Avenue champion a little bit more, and I won't stress myself out so much if I start keeping things a little simpler. So that's that's what I learned. Mm, thank you, Terry. I really appreciate you sharing that again, highlighting the importance of of team based ministry. And and not only that, one of the things that that I think of when when you share that is putting together, organizing, planning, whatever you want to call it, activities within the Love Avenue. It's it's more than about just that act activity when you do things the way that you're talking about where you're creating space and and um listening to people and 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 figuring out how is god calling each person to participate in what he's doing that's mm. actually discipleship and an opportunity for discipleship not just event planning mm. and so <laughs> then it's ministry for all of us <laughs> to be able to participate in which is so so important for us as leaders to to, to allow these spaces to be areas of disciple making because as yeah. a church that's what we are called to and so thank you for sharing that because it is easy i think for us to <laughs> default to just activity making instead of disciple making yeah. um and so mm -hmm. that's that's really critical um, so i appreciate you both and i'm so thankful for what god did um, through this this event in your in your neighborhood and and for y'all's willingness to step out and and try something new get outside those walls and so mm -hmm. we're we're celebrating with you we're praising God right alongside you and now I want to back up just just a little bit because you've already you know kind of alluded to this a little bit it's been a, a whole journey for you all as as a gathering church community even getting to the point of this this uh, outside the walls event and and coming out out of this outside the walls event. And so I'd love to just hear a little bit more about your guys' personal as Terry and Barbara and then collective as Grace Communion South Kansas City journey in, in the ministry of the Love the Avenue. And so where where did you all start in your understanding and participation in the Love Avenue? Oh, that's mm. that's a really good question, Kara. <laughs> yes, and I'm sure we I'm sure we have different <laughs> perspectives on that. Um, personally, I'll I'll talk from my standpoint. Um, I had been serving for a number of years with the elderly and the shut-ins, so I developed a lot of compassion for people and empathy. Um, <clears throat> and then I started working with the local schools and worked in those and. I felt like I fit in well with the Love Avenue, but as I got involved in it a little bit more, I soon learned that there was a lot more involved than that. Um, and I, I was challenged quite a bit. Um, I had to put together a team, and that was challenging. And at times, I would feel like, because we have a small congregation, I would feel like, well, who can I get on my team? I Nobody really wants to go out and do things, because I didn't see that. Um, and so it was challenging to to, to listen to other people and hear what they were thinking and that way I could put together a team with those you know those uh, people with their different thoughts and ideas and it was challenging for me to learn how <clears throat> how to lead others and how to mm -hmm. inspire them I think sometimes when we look at something in this regard it was the Love Avenue champion and I'm thinking I'm not a champion. What does that mean? You know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> 
it challenged me to think that what it means is that I have the challenge of leading other people and learning about them and letting them tell their ideas. It, it was a lot of different things. And, um, and even I, I found out that in the greater congregation that I could actually say or do things that would stir them and help them to, to see the vision of the outside the walls, that it wasn't just another activity. It was something uh, that we could learn more about our greater neighborhood and about what other people need and open our doors to some different kinds of things. So, <clears throat> Excuse me. It's been um, it's been a great uh, challenge and to learn and understand the concepts involved with the Love Avenue. So that's from my perspective what I have personally learned. Thanks, Barbara. What about you? Yeah, it, it's you know when the introduction of the avenues had first come about. Um, again, you know my initial mindset was, oh, here we go with another program, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, here, here we go with another ministry thing to do. And, and I, I just said, you know, I, I sit back sometimes and say, okay, I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to give it a chance and see exactly uh, what it was talking about. But I thought this was just some other program that was, you know, getting started to try and recruit people in, into GCI. But I, I really knew better, you know, because we, we know who our leadership is and, and we know how we connect with people. And, you know, I, I had to give it a chance. And, and then I began to recognize that, uh, especially with the love avenue, that this was this was something special that Jesus was doing, uh, and I come to recognize that you know as I look at the landscape of the body of Christ, not just in GCI but in many other churches. I have friends in in other churches that seem to be latching on to uh, things like what we're doing in the love avenue in GCI, and you know as far as participating uh, in the Love Avenue, you know, I, I did fall into the trap of thinking there would be uh, extra demands, uh, you know, quotas of gra- gathering people. And I don't know where this wrong thinking came from, but uh, I just said to myself, you know, I, I just need to sit back and see what the Lord is doing and just listen to those who are leading and guiding me and understand what the Lord is doing. And we begin to see and understand uh, the connections that Jesus was making, not only uh, using the Love Avenue to connect with our neighborhoods, but also the connections that he was making with the Hope and Faith Avenues with the Love Avenue, just making that a uh, a perichoretic relationship between the three avenues uh, to really engage the hearts of those who Jesus loves. And so what I began to recognize about the Love Avenue was as I read the, the story of the, and the life of Jesus and how he loved people and how he engaged people, that was, that was exactly what we were being taught to do in the Love Avenue. And mm-hmm. uh, being able to, to actually walk in his footsteps, engaging with people, it also showed us that Jesus isn't just in the building with us on Sunday mornings, that he is calling us out into spaces of, of worship. With him, uh, the Holy Spirit is calling us out in the spaces of worship. That the worship doesn't just take place on Sunday morning. It does take place on Sunday morning, but not just there. Those areas of worship 
are when we go out and we connect with people and build relationships with them and and get involved in their lives and 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 invite them into our own lives and connect and and just build those healthy loving relationships just like Jesus did uh, when he walked that land with his disciples so uh that was that was what I eventually came to recognize and I tell you what uh it's going to be hard for me to even think about letting the love avenue go <laughs> uh mm -hmm. it, it is it is and I'm and I'm glad it's here to stay. I'm glad it is a lifestyle change uh, for our denomination. But again, like I said before, I'm beginning to see evidence of it being a lifestyle change outside of our denomination for the body of Christ as a whole, as people mm. begin to recognize how Jesus walked this earth and how he loved people. And that is the, you know, relationship is at the heart of everything that God does. Um, that's what he reconciled us back into right relationship with him because he wants to enjoy us and wants us to enjoy him. And we can see that in those spaces where we connect with people and enjoy each other there. Mm. So you're telling me that neither of you guys jumped right in 100% feeling confident and perfection? Oh, no. <laughs> no. No. No way. No way. No, I thought I think that's a beautiful thing and I think it's important to name that that it is a journey and it's it's a, a journey of growth and 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 learning and I appreciate y'all sharing that um, because we do start somewhere and and we don't have to start at, <laughs> at the finished goal or finish line whatever that looks like. We don't even have a finish line in the love avenue because what we're doing is just staying in step with the spirit yes. as as he shows us. So I, I really appreciate y'all sharing that. And, you know, I'm wondering, too, y'all shared personally how, how you've grown in, in the Love Avenue. What does it look like for you to grow and learn together as, as a church community in the Love Avenue? Well, Kara, that is still a, a work in progress, okay? Because there's, you got to think the storied history of our denomination. There's so much baggage that's, that people are still carrying. And with that, with all these uh, new ways of engaging relationship and, and learning how Jesus did it, uh, is calling us to drop some of that baggage, to let it go. And that, that requires the changing of hearts. And we know that the changing of hearts is a, is, is a work of the Holy Spirit. We know that he does that well, and that is his job. So, you know, one of the things that uh, Mike always tells me is that when you love people, love them well. And when you love them well, they begin to recognize that that heart change that's not only in you, but in them as well. And that really speaks into how we do that inside the walls as well. How well are we loving our people to where they are catching that vision, where they are seeing uh, the different things that Jesus is doing and how he's doing it differently, how Jesus is doing a new thing. And, um, you know, we, we recognize what the spirit is, is showing us uh, through our interactions with our neighbors and recognizing, and this is the, this was the biggest thing for me is helping the, the congregation to recognize that we need to get rid of that us versus them mentality. It's not an us versus them because they are us. We were in their place uh, before we understood uh, what Jesus was doing in our hearts. And there, there, there's no separation. What they are, 
is um, they're not just people who are outside the walls. We shouldn't be recognizing them as enemies, but rather they are family who God is calling us to get to know that we might share his story and be a conduit of, of revealing his love to them in relatable ways. And so uh, I'm, I'm excited to see that heart change occurring in our community. I mean, people that normally wouldn't step outside to do anything are going out and above themselves to say, well, let's, let's see this new thing that Jesus is doing with us. And let's just go ahead and take a chance. I mean, what, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, that, that someone says no to us. Okay. You know, follow the example of the 72. What did Jesus tell them to do? Look for those spaces where you're welcomed. And if you're not welcome, you shake the dust off your feet, bless them and move on. And that's what we've been called to do. So it kind of takes the fear out of it, even though there's some fear there. It kind of takes the fear out of it. Mm. Yeah, thank you, Terry. Barbara, what about you? What have you seen in terms of growth as a church community in the Love Avenue? Well, I'm pretty much, I think Terry covered it pretty well. Um, I think that our people... Um, our people have been stuck for a long time. You know, they were taught early on um, before the changes that we weren't supposed to go door to door and that we weren't supposed to interact with non-church people. And so this was a whole new a whole new thing for them. And I think that we had to be, we had to step back and be really patient and, you know, continue to talk about it and continue to talk about it, that Jesus came for the whole world, not just for us. And that we should, since we were so happy that God called us and that he participates with us, that we should be happy to share that with everybody else so they can have that joy too. So, I saw I saw some of these patterns start to fall. Um, I'm mm. sure they're not all the way gone, but I could see them, um, you know, changing. And I've been able I've been able to see that they're starting to embrace um, the idea of loving your neighbor. Yes. You know, I think that's been a hard one to understand. You know, because we tend as people to look at behavior. And mm -hmm. when we see the behaviors that we that we know are not right and that bother us, we tend to want to retreat from that and not engage with that instead of engaging in a different way so that they can see there's another another way. Um, so I've seen I've seen that that growth in our people. And I think that as we go out and have other activities that because we are changing that we'll be more accepting and people will see that that will be more attractive to other people so that's kind of what i have seen changing yeah. so. i love that and it sounds like sometimes there's unlearning and relearning that comes along with with growth and, and transformation and even maybe going ahead and diving on in and getting your hands a little bit dirty. But either mm -hmm. way, it's it's a it's a process and and um, to to be along for that that journey is an important, yes. important yes. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I saw that, you know, we learned that, you know, God is not limited, that he doesn't just look at 
at, at one situation and that's the way it is he sees far bigger than we do and um, you know so it's great to watch and see that that he that he wants relationships with everybody and we get to join him with that yes amen and so right along those lines as as you all have been diving into the ministry of the live avenue what have you learned about who god is his mission and his ministry in the world Mm. well like i said he's not limited i've learned that and i I guess i always kind of knew that but i've seen it more because he's always opening up things to us helping us to see things better and and i i've seen that he he is not because he wants relationships he's not afraid to get in the middle of our messes Mm, and mm-hmm. and we have a lot of messes, don't we? <laughs> and sometimes, you know, we see things being insurmountable and we get afraid. I did at the beginning. I felt like I was kind of stalled out because I didn't know which way to turn. I didn't know what was expected of me. But I think we all learned that when he gives us something to do, if we will step back and trust him he'll show us where he wants to go with it and even if we step out and make mistakes he uses those mistakes to cause us to see something different so i felt that way that he was he's really been working with me so that i can understand what this is all about so that i can share it with first my congregation and then with others around me because there's others around me all around me you know in my own neighborhood and you know in other parts of the world so if i learn it there it's going to be a benefit too so yes indeed god is big yes (laughs) amen amen yeah, Terry, what about you? It's, it's really interesting, uh, Kara, that throughout this entire process of planning uh, this event, uh, learning each other's voice, uh, seeing each other's frustrations, our misunderstandings, our communication, our miscommunication, and, and all of that, uh, I've learned in this process uh, as I watched us coming together that God is so patient with us and, and, and so merciful and, and full of grace and such a purveyor of love uh, between all of us. That was like the glue that held us together. Uh, even in planning stuff and, and like I said before, the miscommunication, we get it was easy to get frustrated with each other. Uh, Barbara and I would send text messages back and forth, and the text message I'm telling you right now, if you send a text message to someone and you feel kind of funny about it, call them right away. (laughs) Call them right away. Because sometimes we take our own feelings on how things are worded and put our own inflections and and heart behind it. And we'll go and we'll say, well, why did they say that to me like that? And that in the early stages of this planning, you know, I'm saying to myself, well, what I just told her was really simple. I don't understand how she can't understand that. And that was part of me not listening to her voice because, you know, a nurturer wants to make sure that everybody is going to be okay. And so her questions were like, is this, 
going to hurt anyone or confuse anyone or uh, distract any of us from what God is calling us to do. We just, you know, it's okay that she was asking for the details. And so what I saw in that was, um, was God's heart of drawing us together, uh, showing us how to be patient with each other, how to exercise that mercy and grace and truly exercise that unconditional love. And, you know, with an event like this and, and with all the planning relating to your team, uh, engaging the neighborhood and, and the many other things, it really showed me personally uh, that God's heart is all about that. Because those those four words that I just used, being patient, being merciful, uh, gracious and loving, is at the heart of, of all these healthy, loving relationships that you are, are going to engage and it's, and it's so important that that fruit is there to keep that relationship healthy. And so uh, God was just telling me this throughout the entire process. And as we went further along, uh, my patience with, uh, I hate to say it this way, I don't want this to be misconstrued, but my patience of dealing with Barbara <laughs> uh, was was getting better and I was growing deep, deeper into a relationship of love uh, with that team and watching us come together and just seeing how God was the glue that was bringing us all together to call us uh, according to his purpose. And so that was that was just a beautiful thing to watch. Mm. Thanks, Terry. And what I kind of hear and what both of you shared is this kind of this idea that you know, it, it is his mission and it is yeah. his ministry. And so we are, um, we're coming alongside, we're participating, but at the end of the day, he's got it and he's got us, right? Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. That's right. We tend to forget that, even, especially in the planning stages, because what you have to do <laughs> yes. is right in front of you. Okay, uh, I've got to call this this uh, thing for to get the inflatables. I've got to call this to get the food trucks. I've got to set up this. I've got to set up that. I've got to build this, build that. And we forget in the midst of all that to recognize exactly what is God doing in our heart to transform us? What is he doing in when we're connecting with our neighbors? What is he doing to transform us there? And we tend to you know, God, I'll call you when you when I need you. I'm a little busy right now. I got to put all this together, but I'm pretty sure you'll be there because you're God. You're bigger than all of this, but I'll call you when I need you. No, it, it's like, God, show me what you're doing and let me join you. <laughs> and that's what it should be. Yes, yes. Well, I'm, I'm wondering, too, as as y'all have been participating in his mission and ministry in your neighborhood, what are you learning about your neighborhood, Barbara, and your neighbors? Well, I see that, you know, our neighbors are, um, they very much need God. I see that, and that's probably true in every neighborhood. But I see, and we've been serving uh, probably three different areas near our church. And some don't seem to want any activity. Some do. We have an area that has a very high crime rate. And so I think that um, that makes people uh, afraid of trusting anybody and anything yeah. new. Um so I think that's been a, a hindrance for us up to this point. And 
Terry and I were talking about this and I was sharing with him that I could see with people that came to our event that some people are seeking things. But when I look at the numbers of people we have to serve, um, I'm not sure that we're in our target neighborhood. Now we may be, and I know God will show us that, but um, I'm, I'm not real sure of that. And I feel like that we want to um, we want to be sure that we're serving an area. Not that these people don't need it, but we want to make sure that we're where God is working at this particular time. So we want to have our eyes open and our our focus be on on hearing what God wants. And we have some plans, and we work with the schools a lot. Uh, the schools are very very happy with participation that we have done with them. So that's been a plus in that neighborhood is having an opportunity to work with the schools. Um, I know that we learned after the event in our debriefing that probably our particular building and setup is not real conducive to bringing the younger people in the area um, mm. that we have a lot of work to do uh, to find out how we can be more culturally relevant with those younger people. So that may make the difference uh, in what I see as um, not responsive sometimes. I do mm. think that our activity was a success and we were able to interact with a number of people. So that's that's a good thing there. I feel that God uh, brought them for a reason and that uh, everything we do in the neighborhood is valuable. And I'm sure it helps some people uh, along the way. And I know we have blessed our our schools a great deal and their children. And I always say, you know, when you reach the children, you're going to reach the parents. So I feel like perhaps we need to just keep going longer and keep moving forward. And, you know, it's like I told Terry, I said, I, I don't know what the future holds here, but I certainly want to give my full support and effort in this neighborhood yeah. until and if God chooses to move us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, th those are some of the things I've learned about our neighborhood. I think they're just a little reluctant to do change. So, you know, but that's, there may be some other things and Terry may have a different perspective on that than what I do. But um, so I'll let him give his a little bit now. Yeah, it's, it's kind of similar to yours, Barbara, some of the things that we've discovered. I, I know that when we first engaged uh, the Love Avenue and started traveling outside the walls and really focusing with intention uh, on doing so, that we noticed that, you know, as we even when we went door to door, handing out gifts, just telling people that we care about them and, you know, just asking them uh, what their needs were or anything of that nature. Uh, that they were a little hesitant. Uh, and, and I guess that could be a mentality that's uh, in larger major cities. You know, in the area where we're serving right now, uh, when you talk about uh, specific individual neighborhoods, uh, within our one to two square miles around our, our church, there's about seven or eight individual neighborhoods uh, that are connected. And each one of them has a different personality. And so us getting out there, and we also discovered that we need to probably be a little bit more consistent with that engagement is going to help us discover, you know, what are their what are their rhythms? 
and mm. how do we get involved in those rhythms? Uh, what what do we what do we do to show them that we're interested in what they have going on? And so, a lot of them have this mentality that they're very cautious uh, to initial engagement. It's almost like you come knocking on their door, and you tell them, "Here's a gift for you." And they think that they're supposed to give something in return. Why are you doing this? I don't understand uh, why you are just coming up to my door and giving me stuff. You know, what? what is this? What's going on here? And, you know, COVID didn't help things either. Mm-hmm. Uh, this mentality that COVID has created as you're handing someone something, they're very leery about taking it from you because, well, they don't want that. They don't want to catch that. And so uh, asking God to open our hearts to see uh, more about what our neighborhood uh, is all about uh, is really going to require us to do a lot more consistent engaging, which is what we're doing with that uh, game day in the park that we're, that we do. And, um, and also with that being said, you know, we, our congregation is, is still sort of a commuter church. You know, a lot of us live far away. Some of us have to drive 45 minutes to, to get to church. We have one member who drives two hours uh, to come. And so uh, we're spread out in a big circle around our meeting place. Uh, and we're, we're making this move now to discuss about, okay, what about our own individual neighborhoods? Where, where are we where we live? Uh, laying the fleece out there, if you will, to see is this a place where God is, is calling us to? Uh, is this a place where uh, he wants us to engage in relationships? And the answer to both of those questions, whether it's the place where we're uh, meeting now or where we live, the answer is yes. He wants us to engage in both of those locations because that's the ministry we're called into. And so, you know, thinking about their, their very uh, cautious approach, uh, that's kind of like listening to their voice. How do we engage them in a way where they feel safe and secure and they don't think they begin to realize that uh, someone is approaching them for the sake of actually giving them love because they deserve it because they exist. And, um, you know, mapping the neighborhood, discovering its rhythms and, and seeing how we fit in there and discovering the spaces that we're called to engage you know, it's it's kind of a intimidating journey because we have our own fears that we're dealing with. But as we've discovered with this event and the people that we were able to meet, to meet, it's a it's really a joy filled journey, and and I'm glad we're walking it. So uh, it's trying, but it's fun. It really is. Mm, absolutely. Thank you both for that. And before we you know, have to start closing out our time together. I have one final question for you. You know, what advice would you give to those who are are beginning their journeys of participating in Jesus's mission and ministry through the Love Avenue? Mm. <laughs> you want to go for it, Barbara? <laughs> go for it, Barbara. Yeah, Barbara. <laughs> it's a it's a it's an interesting question, and it's it's a big question. Um, I would say first, don't overthink it Mm. because that's what I did in the beginning. It's like, it has to be 
perfect and how am I going to do this and how am I going to do that and oh I don't know if I, I you know <laughs> and yeah. and so I would say don't overthink it um, don't be afraid you don't have to be perfect uh, you don't have to do it all like somebody else does it um, mm-hmm. you're gonna mess up uh, own that <laughs> and go on um, So I was thinking that, you know, if we can just learn to trust God to provide us with first the understanding that we need and the strength that we need to do what we cannot do, because we in the beginning, I don't think any of us understand fully what our avenue is involved in or what what we're going to need to participate in it Um, we know we need to but we don't know what it's going to require we don't know exactly where God's leading us so we have to first trust in him um, to show us those things and we need to pray and pray and pray Um, pray some more so yeah because you know but if we learn not to be afraid and to ask questions we you know and I know for myself that I ask a lot of questions and sometimes it probably becomes burdensome that's kind of what Terry was saying in our journey together um because I I do have a lot of questions always don't be afraid to ask questions um Mm -hmm. even if people don't have the answers you know God's Mm going to provide somebody that will answer that and you know as you develop a team Um, make sure these people are in the same situation you are they don't understand it any better than you do so give them lots of kudos and let them Mm. know how much you appreciate them because they all have voices too and they're going to be different from mine or yours um, and they're going to be important to put um, in the mix of things and and you're not going to understand them all the time but you can learn from working together what other people need and what what they can do for you because you know you can't do it all don't expect to do it all Um, and be sure that you share with your congregation what you're doing and what you need from them and Mm. and encourage them to get involved just that that piece of communicating and praying and doing that over and over and over I think that is the main thing uh, that I would encourage people to do Barbara, that is excellent advice. Thank you for sharing that. Terry, what would you have to add to that? Oh, what is there to add to that? She said it all. <laughs> but I tell you what, the one thing that she did hit on, which I think is so important um, for congregations, uh, for Love Avenue champions, and uh, anyone else involved in the Love Avenue, you know, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. I mean, how many times did we see uh, in the in the New Testament, uh, in the life of Jesus, where that phrase came up, you know, when the angel came to Mary, when the angel came to Joseph, uh, when Jesus came to his disciples on the water, you know, what, what did he say to them? Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. You know, communicating to them that you don't have to be afraid. I'm here with you. Everything is going to be fine. And when we go out in, into our neighborhoods, into our communities to engage with people, uh, you, you know, we have to understand that 
they're probably carrying some of those doubts and fears and concerns because of everything that we're experiencing in this world right now uh, causes us to have these fears and uncertainties and not feel safe or secure. And so uh, when we are going out into the Love Avenue uh, to engage and, you know, working out the details of all of those things, you know, we need to hear that common theme that Jesus is calling us to not be afraid, to recognize that he is already out there in those spaces where, where he's calling us to join with him. He's not saying, you go do that, and then I'll, I'll come and uh, see if I want to be involved with what you got going on. Uh, mm-hmm. No, he, he's already doing that, and he is already preparing the hearts that you are going to connect with. So just taking that journey and building that relationship with each other, building that relationship with Jesus as you connect with those hearts that have been prepared to receive you, they're out there. And uh, they are they are patiently waiting and looking for that love because this world is not really offering it to them. And every human being that I've encountered, no matter what they're going through, once you start engaging them in a in a true, unconditionally loving relationship, man, they just come alive. And so it's just not being afraid to go out there and find those spaces where Jesus is working. Mm. That's wonderful. Thank you both so much for sharing with us today and spending your time on the podcast. I think there's something that is really powerful about sharing our stories of what God is up to in our midst. I think it's an encouragement and and a witness um, that can help one another along in in our journeys as we point to to Christ together. But I'm not finished with you yet. Uh We do have (laughs) our random question segment for this episode. And so I'm going to ask you, some random questions and you guys can both alert out what is whatever the first thing is that comes to mind so all of these questions is for both of you and so are y'all ready i think so all right yeah ready or not here we go i gotta overcome (laughs) this fear and doubt that i'm having right now That's, that's exactly right all right question number one here we go what trend defined your generation (laughs) oh man whoa let's hear it terry okay what trend defined my generation oh man and you're you're talking about you're talking about the 80s here (laughs) you're talking about gen Mm -hmm. x oh man there's there's so there's so (laughs) many of them i'm i'm thinking of all the uh i'm I'm thinking of the big hairdos and 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 the the kind of uh, clothes that we wore um man i I can't pick out one specific thing, but I know that uh, I, I would say the hairstyles that we had. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I myself had I had one of what you call the the high top fade. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had that when I was in high school, and uh, yeah, I, I I was so happy to get rid of that. <laughs> I request photo evidence. Barbara, what about you? (laughs) Gee, I'm thinking of this. I don't know. Mine is between 70s and 80s. Um, So the trends for our our generation, gosh. 
That's, that's all right. If that's, that's a oh, hard yeah. question it, for it me. Is. You gotta think, you know? So we can we can move on. That's all right. I won't I won't put you put you through too much torture here. All right. If you, if you were to compete in the Olympics, what sport would you compete in? Oh, I wow. would I think I would I think I would participate in the if I could in the um um the the ice what do they call it? The ice dancing? Oh, uh, yes. Yes, it's like um, figure skating? The figure skating, yes. Yes. yes, yes. I think it's the most beautiful and most elegant sport there is. So if, yes. I, could, if I could do that, that's what I would do. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Taylor, you know, what if, about you? If I had the athletic ability to do so, uh, I, I really gravitate towards the um, – the, uh, the, the luge. <laughs> okay. I, I love watching the luge. Uh, you know, it is, it is so much fun. And every time they're banking on those walls or whatever, you know, I'd, I'd love to be steering that thing, but I'd probably be wondering if I could like make the, 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 the sled come up off the wall and you just do a big loop and come down on the other side. And I'd probably be losing a race. We're not trying to do stunts, Terry. We're trying to win a race. You know? <laughs> but you know, if you're having fun, then you're winning. Isn't that right? <laughs> yeah. I-, I love to go fast. Mm. And that's, that's probably the biggest problem Barbara had with me in, in making this event happen. Because <laughs> I don't like to go fast. <laughs> well, well, we'll 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 move on. Speaking of the ice, then <laughs> so y'all don't have to get into that. What would you do if you came home and found a penguin in your freezer? This is really important. Really important. <laughs> I, I might just faint away. <laughs> I'd probably scream and say, "Where did this come from?" <laughs> I think I think I'd laugh hysterically because I just love penguins. I really do. Oh, I but do I, too. I, I'd probably be excited that first. Of all, I'd like to know. First of all, how did he get in the house? Who brought him in the house? And and how did they do that? But to, to find him in my fridge, I think I'd have to talk to my wife because she's the only other person in the house. I'm like, uh, what? Why is this here? But I think I'd enjoy it. I'd probably try to keep it as a pet or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pet penguin. All right. What is your favorite time of day? Hmm. I think my favorite time of day is in the early morning because mm-hmm. the, the, the weather is the nicest thin. It's like peaceful and uh, quiet. And I like to then have a little reading at that time. And so I'm not so hurried. It's, it's a really nice, peaceful time of day. Yes. And I like the early evening because it feels like the early morning, but that's, you know, much later after I've gotten out of bed. I don't like the early morning because I like to stay in bed. But I just love that that sunset atmosphere, you know, when everything is beginning to settle down and, you know, the birds are settling down and the, the, the lightning bugs. And, yes, I did say lightning bugs and not fireflies. Lightning bugs. That's what I called them when I was little. That's what they're uh, called. That's what they're Lightning called. That's bugs. right. That's, That's right. I, I wish I could hide five right now, Kara. That's right. <laughs> so, um, but I, I, I used to love catching them when I was a kid. So that that early evening, right as the sun is starting to go down, 
I love that part of the day, except when I'm driving. I can't stand Twilight when I'm driving. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, final <laughs> question for y'all. If you were a dog, what breed of dog would you be? Oh, that's I'd be easy a for poodle. Me. <laughs> I'd be okay. A poodle. <laughs> that's, that's a fun breed. Oh, I, I would be a husky. Ooh, those are fun too. <laughs> I absolutely love huskies. I, I had a um, I had a friend who lived in Joplin, and she had a uh, a beautiful husky. Her name was Miko, and we just have like this wonderful relationship. I could not see her for months on end, and when I would see her, she'd just come and just jump all over me. And so, if I was to be a dog breed, that's the kind of person that I am. And uh, uh, that doesn't mean that if any of you see me again, I'm not going to jump all over you. I promise. Uh, but I just, uh, I just like to be that type of person uh, to just, you know, just love people, you know. And that's what that's what she did. Plus, they whine a lot too, which I'm good at. <laughs> oh, well, poodles and huskies are good dogs, so that's a good way to close us out for this episode. I do really appreciate both of you spending your time with us today and sharing your insights and experience. We do love to end our podcast with a word of prayer. So, Barbara, would you be willing to pray for our churches and our pastors, our ministry leaders and members in GCI? Sure. Our great God, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we thank you so very much for your love, for your participation in our lives, and your guidance and direction in us. Thank you for getting in the midst of all of our messes and helping us to clean them up so that they would be pleasing and glorifying to you. Yeah. I pray that in the midst of our churches, as we learn about loving our neighbors and discipling people and providing hope and encouragement, I just pray, Father, that you would give understanding and give uh uh, wisdom and patience to all of our pastors and to the um, the Avenue champions because they need a lot of encouragement and they need a lot of a lot of uh, pats on the back so that they can keep going forward. And we just I just pray that you would bless each and every church area, each pastor, each Avenue coordinator, and uh, all of the. I pray for the memberships as well because they are in the process of learning so much mm -hmm. about how to interact with others and about what our mission really is. And so I just ask you to bless them. Pray that you would guide us in every way that we would be able to love people appropriately, that we would be able to um, uh, share your, your ministry with them, that we would help be able to help them see that they are included and loved and help us to develop the ability to see the culture of our, our neighbors so that we can react and, and minister appropriately to them. So I just give you thanks now for the opportunity to do this podcast. Thank you and bless Kara and all the work that she does and all that she brings to us. And thank you for, uh, for, uh, 
Ruel, is it Ruel? Because he has, uh, he has orchestrated this podcast and pray that you would bless him going forward to be able to continue to accomplish these things. And I just put all of this in, into the, your hands, your loving and merciful hands. And I ask it all in the name of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 One of the things that, you know, I thought was was really important about their testimony is um, holding space to learn and, and, and grow and to follow God's leading, even even when it meant um, doing things differently and and. Um, maybe even when it was a little bit challenging for them as as a team and as as individuals, it's because I think it's one thing to know the how tos, right, the checklists of the love avenue, but living it out, putting flesh on it, is is a whole other thing that um, can be a little bit messy. But is it sounds like um, from their own experience is is absolutely worth it. And so, what's something that that spoke to you through through what they shared um, from their journey and experience? experience, Carissa? Oh, well, I love that during their preparations for the event with hosting the Outside the Walls event, they understood each other more and how to be a better team together and end up applying that to understanding others as well and the people that they were spreading love and witnessing to. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that insight with us. And for those who are interested in learning more about living out mission in their lives and their neighborhoods, could you tell us a bit about our play sharing series? Yes, of course. Um, The GCI play sharing series explores the practice of play sharing through interviews, teachings, and a QA and a panel. Visit www.gci.org slash place sharing to check it out and learn what place sharing is, why it's valuable, and how it reflects the ministry of Jesus. Thank you all so much. And until next time, keep on living and sharing the gospel. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of the GC Podcast. We hope you have found value in it to become a healthier leader. We would love to hear from you. If you have a suggestion on a topic, or if there is someone who you think we should interview, email us at info at gci.org. Remember, healthy churches start with healthy leaders. Invest in yourself and your leaders.